WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. night the clicker and i'm starting to like the nhl network on game night it's become like nfl red zone they show all the goals as they happen let's be honest we don't want to watch entire games anymore not just talking i'm talking every sport we say the irishman is too long that scorsese movie on netflix well nfl games are even longer it's a red zone world and the nhl network seems to be catching up that's what's great about soccer Except for this game, which is making me sweat Tiffany Cufflinks. Every game is two hours. Every game. You don't feel like you're chained to your seat or to your couch. You don't flip the dial. NFL's like four hours. Baseball is four hours. Even hockey can drag. And then basketball with all the timeouts. Gene Simmons once said, I, I wish Craig Gass was here. As Gene Simmons of KISS once said, Uh, If it's too loud, you're too old. But Gene Simmons is 70 now. If it's too long, then you're just like me. So, hey, sports and movies and concerts, anything that's over two hours, guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz, Climate Continent, a name you can trust now, 412-333-WXDX. I need calls right... Oh, wait, that's... that's. Hold on. Let me regroup. Matt Mertz number, 412-367-0815 uh, for all your plumbing needs. Uh, I need calls so I can just sweat this game. Oh, 5-2. 5-2. Now there's no sweat anymore. Jorginho Winaljim has wrapped it up for Liverpool. Oh, I'm so happy. 14 wins, one draw. I am so happy. Uh, anyway, too long. That game stayed in dot too long. Elton John was three hours a couple weeks back. I went. It was great. That's too long. I saw Guns N' Roses seven times on their comeback tour, which says what an obsessed lunatic I am. Those shows were all like three and a half hours. When they were outdoors, like at Heinz Field, and I saw two at the Meadowlands, I felt like I was being held prisoner. And I love Guns N' Roses. If it's too loud, you're too old. But if it's too long, you're just like me. And maybe I'm too old. 412-333-9939. Okay, let's go to Ryan in Baltimore. Ryan, you're on with Double M. Hey, sir. You're on. Go ahead. Good day, Mark. I said good day. Hey, Mark, we spoke a couple weeks ago, and back then you Oh, I remember. I was wondering when you'd call back. (laughs) Well, you you didn't seem too sold on on Lamar or the Ravens then. Now that AFC currently goes through Baltimore, I wanted to get your thoughts on who you think is uh, their biggest test. If they play at New England in the AFC championship game, they'll lose. Write it down. You heard it here. 
What if what if what if they lock up the number one seed and it goes through Baltimore? Then they could win, and where they'd be doing themselves an additional favor is they would avoid Kansas City because I think Kansas City is going to be the third seed, don't you? Right now they are, yes, sir. You want to make New England? You're a Ravens fan, I take it, right? Die hard. Yeah, your your best player ever is a murderer. Anyway, uh, you want the Ravens to play whoever the four seed is, you know, from from the AFC South, Tennessee, or whoever. While New England plays Kansas City, and then New England has to visit you. Actually, you know what would be a more dangerous scenario? I think in that scenario, Kansas City would be a tougher test for you guys, don't you? I agree. I 100% agree. A second question now that I got you, though, Mark. Are you sold on Lamar Jackson yet, now that he's running away no, with the MVP race? So, so He's not running away from the MVP race. Right now, Russell Wilson is the front runner. Uh, Lamar Jackson is a strong second and could could well win, but... Uh, I'll be sold on Lamar Jackson when he's, you know, a, a great quarterback and winning divisions and maybe winning Super Bowls in a couple years because let me name some names for you, see if they ring a bell. Mike Vick, RG3, Colin Kaepernick, Tim Tebow, guys who had great initial success, then the blueprint got laid down and they faded. Am I right or wrong? That happened, didn't it? That did happen. Lamar Jackson is having a scintillating season this year that's as far as i'll go let's go to jacob in scottdale jacob run with double m hey mark how you doing good uh i just wanted to get your thoughts on uh what nason's going to be what do you think nason's going to be able to do tonight nason uh, nason i got it wrong the first time too but it's nason sorry nason i don't know bro you tell me he had 14 goals in 22 games at wilkes he was on an ahl contract minor league only and he, that'll do it. That'll do it. Liverpool win. Uh, but he's red hot down there. Can he come up here and be red hot? I don't know. I do know that scoring goals is a habit. Right now, he's in the habit. Do you think it uh, wouldn't shock, it wouldn't shock me? On. I don't know the line combinations. It wouldn't shock me if Nason played with Malkin and Gensel. That might even be what I'd do. I'd put the hot hand on the top line. That. Well, that's what I would do. Doesn't mean that's what they'll do. Thank you for the call, though. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Yeah, this Nason, uh, first round pick. He's got pedigree. First round pick back at eleven. Had a bunch of goals for uh, Wilkes two years ago. I think it was had seventeen goals for New Jersey. So him scoring is not unheard of. Right handed shot. He's the hot hand. Let him stay hot. Let's go to Neil on Route sixty eight. Neil, you're talking to Mark. Hey, Mark, how long do you what think up? Pep Guardiola is on the hot seat for his record with Man City? Yeah, we're, we're not we're not talking about the EPL right now, except when I drop in how happy I am that Liverpool just beat Everton. Pep's not on a hot seat. He'll leave Man City when he wants to. Let's go to Steve on the road. Steve, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. How are you? Good. Hey, Mark, I wanted to get your opinion. Uh, the Steelers' offensive line did extremely well last year. This year, people were surprised about their performance. Do you think that has any correlation to do with uh, what uh, Coach Munchak brought to that? Uh, yeah, we, we've line? talked about that too much, bro, to be honest. Uh, you know, Denver's offensive line is worse this year. That's where he's the offensive line coach now, and they're performing worse. So uh, if he if – he, left behind some problems here maybe he's created some there as far as him leaving and the effect on this offensive line 
I, I refuse to believe that they were untaught stuff in his absence. I just think that some of those guys are a bit old, like Ramon Foster. I think some of those guys have been inconsistent, like the normally excellent David DeCastro. But what I want to focus on now, Steve, is the offensive line played really good against Cleveland, didn't they? Look at that block DeCastro had to spring uh, Benny Snell football for that 11-yard gain when the Steelers were pinned at the one. Uh, it's a good offensive line. It hasn't played good. I don't think Munchak's absence is involved. But I think it's starting to play better now. So let's hope that continues. Let's go to Jason on 79. Jason, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, I got to hand it to Mike Tomlin for getting the Steelers to the point that they're at with a shot at the playoffs. But I do believe they're going to need to win three of these last four. Um, and I think this week, if, if any game you can lose, it's the NFC game. But I think if they lose this week, they've got to win their last three to be 10-6 and six and, and get in. Well, it, let, let's be honest, uh, Jason. If they need to win that Baltimore game to make the playoffs and Baltimore can gain something by winning, the Steelers won't win that game. Oh, no question. That's why the only hope, I think, is the Ravens have locked up number one seed or, or locked up home field advantage. I don't no think that for... will be the case going into that game. I think the Steelers need to win their next three games. I think they absolutely have to win at Arizona. Yeah, I, I think, you know, but even if without that being said, I still think a lot of credit goes to the entire coaching staff for especially getting an offense with such limited weapons to be a 7-5 and five team at this point. Uh, no, no question uh, to all the coaches because the defense has done its part, more than its part, by, by creating points, creating short fields. Uh, the offense has made the best of a bad situation with all the injuries and, of course, no Ben Roethlisberger. Now, that said, uh, and I wrote a column about this, a blog, rather, for Tomlin to get coach of the year, I think they have to make the playoffs. Uh, I think if they miss the postseason, he's done a good job but not exceptional. I think they're going to have a hard time not giving it to Shanahan in San Francisco going from 4-12 and to, what is it right now, 10-2, and I think. But if Tomlin makes the playoffs, he should be the coach of the year. And, yes, the entire staff has done a great job. Okay, now it's time to ask Mark anything. Because we got the hockey night show at 5:30. Ask Mark anything by dialing 412-333-WXDX. That's 412-333-WXDX. And then we got hockey talk. Dajon's going to join me at 5:30. It's the Mark Man Show live from Cambria Suites, Pittsburgh downtown. Um, what do you think about the new? I can't remember what I called. Sorry. Really awesome call. The X at 105.9. Time not to ask Mark anything. Brought to you by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Get ticket information at pittsburghpenguins.com. Uh, Josh Owey just posted a story at theathletic.com about the possibility of the Penguins trading for Taylor Hall, who uh, wants out of Jersey. He's in the last year of his deal. I don't see what the Penguins could give up. I don't see how they could fit him under the cap. But if you're going to dream, dream big. Let's talk to... Josh in Evan City. Josh, ask Mark anything. Hey, hey Mark, what's up? What up? Hey, I got a, I got a question for you. Have you ever uh, pooped your pants? Yeah, all the time. All the time. Your, your, your mom cleaned the skid marks with her tongue. And not just the skid marks if you get my drift. She went one way, then the other. Real mature guy calls and asks a question like that, but I've come to grow used to that as the number one guy of all time doing this in Pittsburgh. A lot of jealousy out there. Don't forget, 
Greed ain't nothing but love disguised by jealousy. Let's go to Tyler in Bellevue. Tyler, ask Mark anything. How are you? What's up? Hey, question for you. Who do you think uh, Lay Champion eventually drops the AEW championship to? I don't know, but I hope it doesn't happen for at least a year and maybe longer. I think that's one thing that's really uh, gone by the wayside in wrestling is taking the time necessary to make the title belt mean something and just switching it all the time to try and pop a rating. Uh, I'm curious to see also what AEW does because their ratings have fallen now that WWE has sent uh, main roster talent to NXT on Wednesday. NXT's beating them handily in the ratings, so I'm curious to see what the AEW response to that is. What it should be is just put out a good product. Stay the course on what you were planning to do. Uh, let's go Let's go to Jason in Freedom. Jason, ask Mark anything. Hello, man. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, when and what sparked your passion for soccer that you have? I've watched soccer my whole life since I was a kid. Okay, thank you, sir. Thank you. I worked for the Pittsburgh Spirit. I was a PR intern there. I covered them for a bunch of little publications because I like soccer so much. That was back in the 80s. I tried to play as a kid. wasn't any good, but it's such a fun game to play and watch. It's the best game for kids, I'll tell you that. You want kids to get everything they need to get out of a sport, exercise, uh, being part of a team, discipline soccer is the way you want to go. Let's go to Alex in the van. Alex, ask Mark anything. Good day, Double M. I said good day. Um, do you have any idea why Whipping Boy started calling himself Russ Rose again? Uh, I Isn't he Russ Rose on DVE and Whipping Boy on the X? Well, even on the X, he, he started calling himself Russ Rose. You know what part of it might be? His name's Russ Rose. But I'm just wondering why he... I'm just wondering what's it, I'm just wondering well I think I you know he is under indictment under the name Whipping Boy I believe in four or five states uh, uh, not, that nothing, makes sense. Not, yeah nothing creepy like laundering money uh but the uh, I mean, sex trafficking no nothing to do with sex please please some decorum please uh his name's Russ Rose let's go to Steve yeah, know, in the I car just... Steve goodbye 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 enough 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 let's go to Steve in the car Steve ask Mark anything Okay, Steve hung up. Let's go to Terry in West Mifflin. Terry, ask Mark anything. Hey, hey Mark, good day. I said good day. What's your opinion? Is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? No. All right, they, play the, they play the Christmas song at the end, but a Christmas movie has to be Christmas-themed. Die Hard is not a Christmas-themed movie. It is merely set... Around Christmas time, with that Christmas song, it's not a Christmas movie. Let's go to Jim at PPG Paints Arena. Jim, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, just a quick question. With Sid being out, does he still come to the like the game tonight? Will he be in the press box or anything like that, or do they just e keep him away e from? E that? Every injured player is at the arena during the game, unless he's having treatment at a hospital or is immobilized by whatever the injury is. Sid's been at the, the games as far as I know. I saw him in the press box one night but didn't approach him because he's never in the press box. It reminded me of a deer at a downtown street corner. I was afraid I'd scare him off. And one other thing, 
does the, the Duck Dynasty thing remind you of everybody's all crazy about Bobby Brickley? Bobby was a lot better than Duck. A lot better than Duck. Bobby started oh, yeah. three and a half years. He was a third-round draft pick. Bobby was a lot better than Duck. Goodbye. Let's go to Rudy in the car. Rudy, ask Mark anything. Oh, hey, Mark. Hey, I was wondering, that XFL, is that happening or what? Yeah, it's happening. Hey, are you going to cover it? No. Why would oh, I cover that? Okay. There's not a team in Pittsburgh. It's minor league football. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I probably I, will I give it. Anybody getting- I probably will give an update on Landry Jones, the former Steeler great, who is better than Duck. Okay. Let's go to Russ in Bethel Park. Not Whipping Boy, but Russ. Ask Mark anything. Hey, I, wanted to see, I wanted to see if you ever got your apology from the female soccer player for calling you a homophobe. I don't recall a female soccer player doing that. That yeah, was like two years ago. I think it was either the passion or the soccer player. From no, no, the, no, the, no. The, uh, the, the player for the Pittsburgh Passion went on Twitter and called me the F word, the other F word. Oh, I thought, oh, okay, okay, I didn't know she well, that, That's exactly what happened, and uh, they pretended they cut her, they didn't. That's a shady organization. It's, it's sketchy football. Uh, females should play whatever sport, and if football is something they want to play, more power to them. But let's not forget that, that uh, women don't play football in high school or in grade school. There's no feeder system to have a quote-unquote semi-pro league. It's really, really bad football. Um uh, Women's soccer is tremendous. Women's basketball is tremendous. Women's tennis is tremendous. Women's football sucks. And the Pittsburgh Passion is an embarrassing low-rent organization. Uh, they, they didn't cut a player who used a homophobic slur on Twitter. And the owner of the team uh, called me names that were inaccurate. Not slanderous, but inaccurate. It's just they're a horrible organization. Everyone involved with them is horrible. Not to be critical. Let's go to Rose in the car. Rose, ask Mark anything. Hi, Mark. Hi, Rose. What is your favorite favorite Christmas confection? I don't know, Rose. Which which, uh, which confections would you consider to be indigenous to Christmas? Give me some options, and I'll pick one. Like um, like your favorite favorite Christmas candy or Christmas type of Christmas cookie. You know, you know what I like? I, I, this is either a peanut butter or oatmeal cookie or maybe both. There's a cookie that people make that have a Hershey's Kiss in the center. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with those? Oh, yeah. Those are those are like uh, thumbprints, but they use uh, like peanut butter cookie with the Hershey Kiss, yeah. Well, I think it is a really peanut good. butter cookie. That, that would be my favorite Christmas confection. Oh, well, I would make them for you if I could, Mark. Can I send them? Can I send you some? No, because I would assume somebody poisoned them and throw them out. But thank you for the gesture. Let's go to uh, Pork Chop in Manaka. Pork Chop, very quickly. Ask Mark anything. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, I like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, not strictly a movie. I can't even think of one Christmas movie right now. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Home Alone. Well, mine is not that. Thank you for the call. Okay, up next, I want hockey calls. I want them right now. Hockey calls only, and I want a lot of them. We got Dejan on, too. It's the Hockey Night Show just around the corner. I am live at uh, Cambria Suites, downtown Pittsburgh. It's 105.9 The X.
It's time for Hockey Talk. Joining me in that regard from DKPittsburghSports.com. Always a pleasure to talk to Serbian reactionary Dejan Kovacevic. Uh, Dejan, how many goals will Stefan Noysen score tonight? Uh, two or three? <laughs> it's, it's about two and a half. Let's just split the difference. Look, he's done, he did well uh, in the AHL. Uh, and he was used in a lot of different roles. And as we've seen already, Mike Sullivan gave him the ultimate vote of confidence by putting him in, you know, power play one situation, uh, everything. It looks like they're going to try to make make do with what they have. And, and Noysen's right there uh, in the equation. Why not, you know? No, I I agree with that. Noysen had 14 goals in 22 games in Wilkes. And yeah. being the hot hand in the minors doesn't necessarily translate to the big time, but Given the situation, why not give it a try? Yeah, that's it. I mean, especially if you know how that is with goal scoring. Anytime a player is feeling that confidence, there's just a different sense when the puck comes off the stick because you believe that it's going to find a way in, and that does translate. I remember, uh, you know, earlier this season when Sam Lafferty came up. Not that Lafferty hasn't played well in general, regardless, but when he first came up and he was feeling it, he, he had been putting the puck in the net in Wilkesbury, and when he scored those goals in Minnesota and then and then, and then in Winnipeg, uh, it didn't look or you know seem like anything unusual to him. You know what I mean? He didn't look or act surprised. It was just yeah, I'm just scoring goals. This is what I was just doing last week. So, yeah, I, I like the move by Sullivan, and, and I like the message that it sends as well, not just to Mason, but I think to the rest of the team that, look, you know, we're not left with nobody here. It's cliched to talk about, but I've never seen injuries like the Penguins have sustained. No. It's like a plague. They're missing six very significant players, not a bum in the bunch on that injured list. No, it's funny. Uh, last week I, I tweeted at one point that the Penguins' injury situation was almost as bad as the Steelers'. And I got all kinds of pushback about that. And as if they're kind of like the Penguins said, hold my beer. And Brian Russ goes down in practice. And then Dumoulin to surgery. And then Hornquist goes down in practice. And it is now this is, this is, uh, I don't, I've never covered anything like it. Mike Sullivan uh, told our Dave Molinari the other night in St. Louis that he has never seen anything like it in hockey in a, in a lifetime in this sport. Uh, it's crazy. You know, it's funny, Mark. People will sometimes, Say well, you know, is there some common denominator? Is there something wrong with the trainers or the, you know, the conditioning staff or whatever? This is just a terrible run of bad luck. Your conditioning staff and trainers have nothing to do with somebody stepping on the back of Brian Dumoulin's foot. You know what I mean? Uh, oh no, just I never thought that of... that was uh, anything that could be Not blamed. Injuries just happen. Yeah, you just you hear it though because people are always looking for a boogeyman. I think when it comes to something like this. And there just isn't one. It's just been a terrible run of bad luck. But you know what, Mark? When they come back, and, you know, eventually they will because these things do turn around, law of averages and all that, uh, this is going to be a pretty good hockey team. The catch is, and I know you feel strongly about this, what do you do in the interim to keep your head above water? Oh, no question. If you make the playoffs despite these absences, then those players will be that much more rested for the playoffs and a negative can quickly become a positive. Uh, but turning more present day, how would you rate Matt Murray's recent play? Uh, he's not been brutal, but it would be good if he could steal a game, or if Jari did. Yeah, and this is kind of this is where, where Murray sets in to a bad uh, 
mojo or whatever, if you will. If you go back to last November, it was pretty much the same thing for him. And then in December, he kind of picked it up. And then from there, he was terrific. Um, we can all find a reason that a puck beats him. But ultimately, what you want to find is a reason that he made the save. And there hasn't been enough of that. Um, yeah, a puck's going to get past him on a deflection or through a screen or whatever. But again, find a way to make the save. Change the discussion. Um, change the outcome. Uh, he hasn't done that. Tristan Jari's done that a couple of times. I hate to make too much of what he's done because his past, and this even goes to way back to junior hockey, AHL, whatever, is that he'll get really good for a couple of weeks and then he'll get really not in a big hurry um, because he loses focus and it kind of throws him off of his game. Anybody who thinks that you're going to ride Tristan Jari through this streak hasn't paid attention to his past. Matt Murray has to get better for this team to make the playoffs. I can't state that any more bluntly. He has to get better than what he's been. The Penguins aren't about to make some other goaltending move. Unless, you know, let's not forget about Casey DeSmith. I should throw his name in there, too, because he was just named AHL Goaltender of the Month after a couple of rocky starts to get going. So, it still comes down to Murray, though. We, we, we can't and shouldn't pretend otherwise. We're talking today, Jean Kovacevic. He's brought to you by Walnut Grill, American Eatery and Bar. Who needs to do more up front and who can do more? Because those are separate questions. Well, Galchenyuk's your obvious target with, you know, who should be doing more. This is a guy who has scored 20 goals rolling out of bed the last few years. And... When you see those guys, almost always they're going to end up with the batting average that you thought they would have coming out of spring training to throw a, ba- a baseball parallel into it. Um, Galchenyuk's going to score his goals. So you have to ride it out to some extent. Uh, I like his effort of late. Uh, I think he's trying hard. He's not necessarily doing the smartest things on the rink at all times, but that's also kind of been part of his history he just needs to find a way to put a few in the back of the net and start feeling and looking the way Dominic Cahoon does now you know which is a guy we were you know just three weeks ago where's this guy you know we didn't know anything about him or really not that much coming from Chicago he stepped up um I'll tell you another one I'd like to throw into the mix here as long as you're giving Stefan Nason a chance and you're trusting him with prominent duty I wouldn't mind seeing that done for Sam Lafferty. I really wouldn't. I think that Mike Sullivan, this reminds me of something that he said on that early trip where he kind of felt like he has this uh, this role cast for Lafferty, and that sounded almost like he was trying to paint him into being um, a, Zach Aston, a right-handed Zach Aston Reese or something, and I don't think you need to do that with Lafferty. That goal that he scored the other night, yeah, I know it was Derek Pouliot, but the finish was classic, <laughs> you know? Now, and, uh, uh, we, we don't know the lines and pairs because there was no skate. How would you arrange right. the defense? Because let's say Trotman plays and not Ricola. I wouldn't want to pair Ricola and Trotman together at the bottom. I wouldn't want them out there as a pair. What say you? No, I don't like it either. The, the, the thing is, I, I think that it's out of all the injuries the Penguins have had this year, you exempt Sid, of course. The Brian Dumoulin one is the one that just just rips your heart out from a strategic standpoint. 
because you don't have left-handed defensemen. You just don't. You're, you know, Jack Johnson's been better, but he's still not great, and I think he'd get a little exposed if he's playing a lot more. Yuso Rico has been a headless chicken uh, in his own end, and that's disappointing. I thought he had more in him than that, certainly to be a little bit more stable in the defensive zone. He hasn't been. I don't know that there are answers over there. I do know that one answer is not uh, moving X right-handed guy over to the left side. Uh, I'm with Sullivan and Jacques Martin, and a lot of the decisions they've made lately have been uh, just because they want the right guy, uh, the right-handed guy on the right side, left-handed guy on the left side to facilitate breakouts and to make sure the Penguins can just get the puck out of their end. I'd much rather see them continue in that regard, even if it's playing a player who isn't as good as the other guy. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Uh, I, I want talent out there, but I get your drift. Dejan, great stuff. We'll see you at the game. All right, Mark. That's Dejan Kovacevic brought to you by Walnut Grill. Right now I want hockey calls and hockey calls only because this is the Hockey Night Show. That would indicate that we're talking about my favorite game, the sport of ice hockey. So dial now, 412-333-WXDX. Don't forget, the Penguins host the Blues tonight at PPG Paints Arena. Hear all the action right here on the X. Welcome back to the Hockey Night Show, presented by Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Once again, here's your host, Mark Madden. You know what would make tonight's game really special at PPG Paints Arena, and I pray it happens because it would just make the evening complete if Doc would be at the game and they would put him on the Jumbotron. And somehow I just bet that's going to happen. Quack, quack, y'all. This is the Hockey Night Show. I want hockey calls only. Penguins hosting the Blues tonight. The defending Stanley Cup champions beat the Penguins at St. Louis this past Saturday in a game that was, frankly, rather lopsided. Penguins are beset by injuries like a plague has descended upon PPG Paints Arena. Six players out. They're all legit. Not a scrub in the bunch. You got Sid, Rust, Schultz, Dumoulin, Bukestat, and Hornquist. Every one of those guys is a legit player. Either top six, maybe third line in the case of Bukestat. And, of course, Schultz and Dumoulin are both top four defenders. We don't know what the lines and defense pairs are going to be because Sullivan didn't have a morning skate. What would you do? Would you go top-heavy or would you balance the lines out? We've been talking about that on and off all day. Uh, the best suggestion I've heard is you load up Geno's line and then you balance everything else out. Defense is where you're really screwed. You got Latang, who's legit top four. You got Pedersen, who's kind of top four with the right partner. And that's it. That's the list. I would pair up Latang and Jack Johnson, although I don't think Jack would benefit by the additional minutes. He's played really well, but that's been in a bottom pair role. I don't know if more minutes will mean better play from Jack Johnson. Then again, what choice do you have? I just play Latang a lot. That would be my strategy on defense, to play Latang a lot. John Marino a lot, too. I don't want to increase his workload indefinitely, but uh, the situation is what it is. Uh, up front, I'd put Malkin with Gensel and Nason. Nason scored 14 goals in 22 games at Wilkes before he got signed and called up. 
I just hope he somehow can make that transcend to the NHL level. I don't know if that's a great bet. I'm not even sure it's a good bet. But I'm not sure what other choices you have. Nason was working with the first power play in practice yesterday. Whether he'll be on that unit tonight, I don't know. But clearly, Sully kind of feels like maybe Nason can keep it up. Like Gensel did in 17 when he was promoted to the NHL from the AHL. So what would you do with the pairings? What would you do with the lines? And who would you start in goal tonight? I have no feel for who that's going to be. Matt Murray's not played as well as expected, but he's still your number one, still the primary talent goal. And like DK just said, when you play Jari a bunch of games in a row, that's when he falters. Then again, the Penguins have a play since Saturday. Ain't no in a row. So, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do in goal. I've said before, though, that I might give Jari a couple games in a row just to kind of put the burr under Murray's saddle. Murray was never better than in 17 when Flurry pushed him. Then again, Jari ain't Flurry. So your thoughts on any or all of that. Also, there's the Galchenyuk debate, which I've been leading. We all know Galchenyuk struggled mightily. That's obvious. Just watch the games. Just read the stats. He's got one goal and eight assists in 18 games. That production is so, so much lower than expected, especially in the goal department. But on Saturday, he only played 11 minutes at St. Louis. The game before that, he only played 10 minutes. He's not going to break out. He's not going to find his game playing low minutes. And I'm not sure you have to have him play low minutes to give Sam Lafferty more minutes or Dominic Simone more minutes or whoever more minutes. You have to evaluate how the guy's playing and react to that for sure. But you also have to trust talent. I don't know. I just feel by playing him so few minutes that Sullivan is digging Galchenyuk's hole deeper. I want your thoughts on that. 412-333-WXDX. Uh, another question is, with all the injuries, what Penguin up front needs to step up? Uh, the offense is crippled with, like I said, Sid, Hornquist, Rust, and Bukestad out. Yeah, you got Gino. Yeah, you got Gensel. But it's unfair to expect more from them, probably unrealistic as well. Who among the forwards can do more? That's a key word there, can. Can do more. You can't get blood from a stone. You can't expect Sam Lafferty to get a hat trick. Watch, he'll do that tonight. That would be fine by me. But what Penguin forward needs to step up? Can step up. I'll tell you what won't be. Won't be Dominic Simone. Where are all the analytics people who told us how great Dominic Simone was? Where are the guys with their fancy graphs and blue clouds in the middle of a chart and the people who insisted, oh, Simone should play with Sid forever. They should be line mates forever. That should be put in a document. They should legally have to play together forever. And here we are over a quarter of the way through the season, and Simone has two goals. I don't give a frig what his analytics are. If you have two goals at this point in the season, getting the opportunity Simone got, getting the ice with quality players Simone got, seems like a nice kid, does some things well. I don't get all too messing over the zone entries, but hey, whatever floats your boat. But two goals to this point in the season, 
That's disgraceful. Embarrassing, given the opportunity Simone has got. When it comes to Dominic's, give me Cahoon every time. Let's take a quick call from Justin in the car. Justin, you're on the Hockey Night Show. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Great. Hey, so uh, tonight I think they should play uh, Jari. I, I really do. Uh, but I, I wanted to ask a quick question. Um, you said that Murray might need to have uh, the, the threat of having somebody like Jari. or That's not what I said. I said that Murray played best in 17 when Flurry was pushing him. Okay, sure. But uh, if he always needs to have somebody come in, I didn't say him. he, bro. You you need to quote me accurately. I didn't say he always needs that. I said, given that he's not playing great, maybe he needs that now. Fair enough. I mean, bro, Murray's the number one goalie for the foreseeable future. I mean, you can I bitch because you were in love with Flurry and he was a cute guy, but Murray's the man. Write it down, as Bubby Brister so memorably said. Thank you for the call. Okay, we got that Edzo interview, which was good. We're gonna play it again uh, next hour. And after that, it's the GMGR show. But now I want hockey calls. Get those hockey calls in right now. 412-333-WXDX. Double M on the X. Live at Cambria Suites, Pittsburgh, downtown. Great crowd assembled here prior to the Penguin game. Going to have Eddie Olchek on as my guest. An interview I did earlier today. That'll air in about five minutes. Right now, I want your Penguins calls at 412-333-WXDX. Uh, the, the debate I always hate indulging, although now it's somewhat apropos, is the goaltending debate. A lot of people were such Mark andre Fleury fans that here, how many years in a couple cups later, you still can't accept that Matt Murray's the number one goalie, and every time he puts a foot wrong, you go ballistic. Ah, we should have kept Fleury. Ah, let's try Jari or DeSmith or whoever the backup happens to be. Murray's not going to cut it. You're not going to win with Murray, ignoring the fact that the Penguins have already won, not once, but twice with Matt Murray. Now, uh, he's not playing great right now. It's certainly not his best hockey. He's got to play better. But the options are not there. Jari's played a couple decent games as a backup. And I might give him a, a couple more starts. I might give him a longer look. But Murray's the guy. Jari's the backup. Murray's the number one. You're not going to trade for goalie. You're not going to go out and sign a free agent goalie. So the Penguins have to figure out a way to get Murray on track and playing up to his standard previously set. Whether that's playing him more, I don't know. Whether it's playing him less, I don't know. He's up for a new contract. He's not gotten it yet. Maybe that's weighing on him a bit. I don't know. But to sit here and act like there's an option and goal beyond Murray that's realistic to be a number one, the Penguins simply don't have that. And you're not going to get Flurry back. And making the move they did in goal at that time was the right move. And there were two schools of thought. I said myself on this very program, that if you figure your window's three or four years, then Flurry might be a better goalie in that window. But they just won the two cups with Murray. He's cheaper, and he's done pretty well. Maybe not as well as you thought, but he had a tough act to follow after winning cups in 16 and 17. 
So I just get weary of reopening the Murray debate. I get weary of the talk that he has a weak glove. His glove's not weak. That's just the spot where you notice the mistakes. And to be frank, most of you don't know enough about hockey in general or goaltending in particular to dissect what Murray's doing good or bad. So I always hate when that can of worms gets opened up. But right now, Murray is not playing excellent, so I guess I have to deal with it, and I just did. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. As I mentioned, the guy to look out for tonight is uh, Stefan Nason. Had 14 goals in 22 games at Wilkes. Just signed a big league contract with the Penguins and got called up. Don't know if he can be as hot in the NHL as he was in the AHL. But he's an interesting story. First round pick in 2011. It's pretty much been a bust since then, although he did have 17 goals for New Jersey a couple years back. You look at that name, Stefan Nason. You figure he's from, I don't know, Finland? He's from Plano, Texas. Friday Night Lights. If Duck can become a temporary hero for the Steelers, and Duck will be at the game tonight. None of us can wait to see that. Uh, maybe Nason can do the same thing for the Penguins. I mean, Plano, Texas. That's a football hero town, not a hockey hero town, but uh, with all these injuries, it would be great if anybody would come through. Okay, right now let's go to an interview I did earlier today with former Penguins player and coach. He's in town tonight to do the game on NBC Sports. He's got a new book out. It's Eddie Olchek here on 105.9.